You wake up startled in the middle of the night, convinced that there's something out there in the darkness. Your brain tells you that there's nothing to be afraid of, that the inhuman shape in the corner of your room is just your laundry piled on a chair. But as you hear the ghostly, ragged breathing that doesn't belong to you, you realize your brain is dead wrong. If you love the mix of horror, mystery, and comedy in shows like Buffy, Ash vs. the Evil Dead, or Supernatural, you'll feel right at home on The Crit Show, a Monster of the Week actual play podcast where the players, playing as themselves, are tasked with being the last line of defense from the forces of evil that go bump in the night. Join us every Wednesday and learn the games we play while the gang tries their best to solve the mysteries, hunt the monsters, and protect the innocent. Their intentions are good, their dice rolls, not so much. You can find The Crit Show at thecritshowpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to Otaku Sensei. I'm James. I'm Alicia. And this is the podcast that we talk about anime, manga, manhua, and manga, and anything else we feel like talking about. And today, we have a really special guest. You guys have seen him on Stab Comedy. You guys hear him almost every week on Nymphomercial. We got Milk! Hi, hello! Hey, Milk! Okay, this is my first time seeing um, Milk in person, so I'm kind of excited. We have a lot of questions for you. Oh, okay. Oh, I <laughs> hopefully know answers about myself at the very least. <laughs> All uh, right, start off with a round of this week's... What are we watching? What are we recommending to our viewers? What's okay. going on? What's I have a, I have a solid one. Um, people have been recommending it to me for a while... But I started watching um, a realistic person in a, in a magical world or something like that. Hold on, I gotta bring up my app now. But it's a uh, it this this like um, accountant basically gets pulled into an isekai, and he instead of he talks him into instead of trading him off, he uh, he like totally revamps the entire country, and he's like, this is how we're gonna make <laughs> we're gonna make it work. Okay, so it's kind of giving me Overlord kind of vibes. Yes, majorly. Where is okay. it for the real name? Where is it for the real name? You mean you don't oh. just like tattoo the names of every anime you see to I, your forearm? I, I had I had it brought up, but my app like totally restarted over. Um, <laughs> it's how a realist a realist hero rebuilds the kingdom. Okay. And, yeah, and it's super good. It's it's very. I don't want to say politically driven, but it's very, instead of going into fighting everybody, let's get the useless um, uh, politicians out and let's bring in people that actually will do something to turn this nation around and let's start appointing people where to do the best. And instead of growing useless crops, let's start growing real crops. And it's like, what's the point of a national treasure? If the national, if your nation is broke, sell that thing off. And that's what they do. Like 
he ends up digging this country out of debt. So it was, it it was really, it was really good to look at somebody using their brain instead of I have a sword, I'm gonna beat something over the head with it. Nice, nice. How about you, Belk? Um, so the last anime I watched is I just binged Eden Zero's first season. Hero Mishima cannot fail. I love that guy. Okay, wait. I don't know if you liked it or not. I'm just happy that you watched it. Yeah, it wasn't. I I wouldn't say I disliked it. I did watch all of it, and I actually like don't have a lot of free time to watch anime these days. So you know, I like I chose to keep watching it. It's interesting. Um, I don't know if it's going to be good. I I like kept watching. I'm like trying to grasp at what the plot and like the point of the story is um which you know what a lot of people say oh your story's plot and point should be developed right in the beginning so people know what they're in for i'm like that's not true if you're new to the scene yes but if you can establish a following which he obviously has um you can take those risks of storytelling so i want to see another season of this i want to be able to see where it's going because it's it's not really like giving you the kind of information to follow a story like a lot of things would, and I wanna wanna see how that turns out. I know the manga exists, um, but I don't know. I just want to check it out in, in anime format. I'm already reading other manga, so you know sometimes I I like some here, some there, you know. So yeah, what would I... you recommend though? What would I recommend? Oh, well, I, I'm glad I'm on one of the early episodes because I can just recommend the most basic shit. And it's One Piece. Everyone should read One Piece. One Piece oh. And watch, you know, both. I can't, I cannot stay awake during One Piece. I try so hard, but I, I'll i turn on an episode like, I'm going to watch it 30 minutes later. It's, it's too like much it. brain stimulus. It, it, sometimes it's overwhelming. I don't know. I I personally really, but you know what? I feel like One Piece, and I've said this previously as well, is not a binge watching watching kind of an anime. It's more of a slow watch it and enjoy the journey kind of an anime because there's a lot going on. So if you binge watch it, it might just be a little too wonky for you. Yeah, I think there's arcs that are pretty good for binging, but overall, yeah. You, you if anything, like after you finish like a chunk. You, you gotta stop. Like, you shouldn't go from chunk to chunk in, like, one setting. One setting, of course, yeah. I so, have been... I'm gonna go with mine first. I have been watching a brand new anime. I usually never recommend brand new animes because my rule of thumb is five episodes in, and then I'll figure out if I want to recommend it or not. But I'm loving Pirate Princess right now. It literally, and the reason why I have to give mad respect to um, the author and everyone, the plot armor, the first episode, first scene is literally like fangs just attacking you because you don't know what the hell is happening, but it's so intriguing. You're like, I'm going to sit right here and figure out what the hell is happening. Why is this scene even going on? What's going on? So, so far, they're 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 right on the money. I'm enjoying it. I started the first episode, and unfortunately, something came up and couldn't finish it. But but like you said, the very beginning, it just hits hard, which uh-huh. makes sense. It's Crunchyroll and, like, Adult Swim, who, I don't know, for, but I think most of our generation was introduced to anime because of Adult Swim. So yeah. they kind of know how to bring that magic for like at least a western audience very hard and 
don't know. It, it looks like it has a lot of promise to it. And I've been in a huge pirate's kick lately, so. One Piece? Well, oh, yeah. One, I, I forget One Piece's pirates because it's so off the wall, batshit crazy. But, like, I just binged all the pirates movie, Pirates of the Caribbean movies, which, like, start getting not so great. But still, I, I'm, like, super into pirate-themed stuff right now. So, yeah, Princess Pirate has some promise for me. Absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. I feel I feel so old because everybody's like most most people are introduced in Adult Swim. I'm like, before there was Adult Swim, there was the Sci-Fi Channel, and then there was the Japanese only channel that was for my area was Channel 11, and it switched to an, uh, to only Japanese non-subtitled uh, TV at 11 p.m. And that's where anime was. And then it moved over to dubbed onto the sci-fi channel. And then Cartoon Network was like, we're doing anime. And we're going to have an afternoon anime block and a midnight anime block. And I'm like, okay, this is more accessible for me. James is over here. I remember when Astro Boy came out. (laughs) (sighs) Okay, I actually do. He did, he did, because I also remember watching um, on Boomerang, um, freaking, uh, like, the Flintstones, the Jetsons, all of those, like, those were, like, still being made when I started watching cartoons, and after the Jetsons was Astro Boy, so I do remember this. I would love to see a Jetsons anime. That'd be fun. That would actually be pretty damn cool. So what's the first anime you've ever seen or you made you get involved in the anime world, Milk? So I'm pretty sure it was Cowboy Bebop. Um, was the first one I saw. Jeez. But I was I was too young to really like latch on to what was going on. Uh, okay. So, you know, and when I was younger, I um, I was interested in Sailor Moon, but like all the the gender bias stuff made me like too scared to admit that. So I like stayed away from it because I couldn't like yeah, I was a little boy. I'm like, yeah. Fuck but anyways, um, it was in Yuyasha. Like that was the first one I like watched, understood the plot, and I um. I never finished it, and so I've been going back, and I'm almost done with it, uh, and I'm excited to see the new series that's a follow-up. And, and not that the series was super magical or, like, groundbreaking, but it's got uh, a special place in my heart. <laughs> I'm just mad that the, I'm just mad that they put out a sequel series to it without actually finishing the first series. They did. They, they finished the series with a, a second series that's one season that wraps things up. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's called Inuyasha, the final arc, I believe, and it's on Hulu, and I've got, like, five episodes left. It is strange, though, because it's much, so much more happens in each episode, because it's one season to wrap things up. But the uh, the strangest thing is, most of the voices are the same, Kagome's isn't, but Kagome is not very prevalent, at least in the first few episodes of it, because... Kagome's usually like a story staller in a lot of the series. Yes. Um, 
you know, she she does like domestic abuse and then something cute, and, and that's the show. Uh, but yeah. they've got rid of that, and I don't know. There's some pretty badass fight scenes. Um, yeah. Highly recommend if if you were into it. Finally finishing it up. See, back in the day, I binge watched all of Inuyasha. I used to own them all on DVD, and I was so mad that the, when they told me the final DVD set was coming out, I pre-ordered it. Went and got it, and that's back when GameStop first started doing DVD pre-orders. Yeah, I'm old. Uh, and then um, I got my final box set, and then they ended it, and I was like, wait, that's really it? Like, that's all we're going to get? Yeah. I also cool. actually, personally, so I actually tried watching the new Inyasha's Daughter season that came out. Um uh it's a no from me oh really but i hope you enjoy it i it's just inuyasha was a whole mystical world of you know craziness and fun and i didn't really feel that with the girls um it was just a little annoying for me uh towards the beginning i did it i'm not gonna give a total thumbs down because i didn't watch it i just couldn't watch like end it off I'm, i was done yeah. after like the first few episodes and um I don't know. That's my take on it. Maybe I might binge watch it, watch it when it's like completely done or if they're doing another season, but it's low on my list. I wasn't a big fan. I think sometimes it takes some time to see if you hear if a series changes its dynamic in a second or third season. And then sometimes that appeal can help you get through the beginning. And you might even appreciate the beginning once you see where it goes. But I, I get it. Like, if it doesn't seem like it's changing, why bother to keep watching episodes, you know, if it's just mm-hmm. that, but more. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's a good anime. Uh, the whole franchise is pretty good. Just the last one was not my cup of tea. It's the same with um, a lot of people are telling me to watch Baruto. It hasn't been really my cup of tea. Um, I enjoy the whole feudal era of just ninjas and, you know, that mystique vibe. And now Baruto's more new school with technology and stuff. And now they're, you know, yeah. adding a little bit of mecha elements to it. Not huge, but like a little pepper and salt yeah, he, around he, there. Baruto's just on his scroll playing Fortnite, dad jitsuing all the time. It's, it's too yes. young blood for me. It is totally Gen Z influenced Naruto. But that's not a bad thing. Uh, Just, it, it's not something it's I can not, get into. But is it's it really? Because, okay, so is it really Gen Z influenced? Because if you look at us, Naruto in itself was in an era total different in the past. We still absolutely loved that era. The samurai, the old school vibe, the slice and dice. Um this is just a little bit of a newer era. Also, Baruto kind of pissed me off in the first few episodes because he had no clue who his dad was. And it turned into a whole whiny situation. I'm like, child, shut the fuck up and just figure out who the fuck your dad is. Ain't nobody ready to teach you. You know oh, what I mean? That got had, on my nerves. He had major daddy issues where any any kid that their dad is constantly working, has a really high stress job, leaves before the sun comes up, comes home after the sun is down, missed family dinners, family events, stuff like that. I can understand where Borto is coming from in the beginning. He's mad that his dad is never there. He's mad that his dad doesn't seem to be supporting his sister or his mother. 
but he what he doesn't see is what his dad is doing behind the scenes and i really like how once he begin once he becomes a, a ninja he gets to see his dad more behind i i, I kind of watched some boruto but yeah he kind of <laughs> he gets to see his dad behind the scenes he gets to know his dad and what his dad can do and his attitude changes towards his dad like this is a this is this in the beginning the story is very much i'm a kid that's smarter than i should be rebelling against my dad something crazy happens and now i'm gonna hold the the attitude of i'm really rebelling against my dad but i'm more than happy that he's spending more time and he's more involved in my life and i helped change that it not only does it sound grounded because of that it, from like a kind of a realism point for a child with a family dynamic like that i think from a storytelling perspective it helps viewers understand what the previous series was like trying to lead up to um so if someone goes in just watching this and not the other series it kind of helps them appreciate who naruto is rather than just naruto's a badass and just trust us on it you know yeah well that that was that was my big thing with a lot of animes in the early 80s or sorry late 80s early 90s like uh i was actually just talking about this one on tiktok there is an anime called iria zarum the animation and you go in and you find out this bounty hunter but they keep doing flashbacks and talking about like there was a whole nother season or a whole nother movie or something that we missed all these events to but when you go to research it there's only area the zarum uh, the animation one 12 episode arc season or a movie that wraps up all those 12 episodes into two hours and i'm just sitting here going i want to i want to know what happened beforehand like i want to know why like his spoiler alert for anybody that hasn't seen anime that came out in 1989 um not a lot of people iria uh one of her big things is she's looking for her brother glenn halfway through the first season she finds out that glenn was absorbed by this alien organism called zarum and it's basically infinite or uh unbeatable like it it survived a, uh, a space station exploding it survived survived floating through space falling through the atmosphere onto another freaking planet and like it, it hits the ground it gets up it's like oh it starts eating people so sounds like my dodge neon right <laughs> but uh but and, and it, it's crazy it's got like a little china doll mask on this like crazy alien head okay let's not let no no we don't talk about china doll masks you know i'm petrified of chucky annabelle any chi- dolls i no. don't so no. i shouldn't show you the reef on my door <laughs> no 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 see Leprechaun, Chucky, and Annabelle have destroyed my existence for horror movies. I don't touch those genres. We don't talk about them. I'm done. I don't need a tiny little thing crawling behind, like under my bed or something while I'm sleeping. I don't do that. <laughs> Let me hold on. There. Uh, so while we're I- at this, I have a question for you, Milk. Mm-hmm. 
I actually um, was looking at a few people's um, TikToks, newer generation, and I found this really amusing. And I was wondering if you got into this topic as well and what your thoughts were. Lately, I'm starting to see people are kind of shunning away or like, oh, what the hell is fan service? Um, and not just like fan service in regular anime, people are kind of like, um, what's that character? You know all the pervy characters? Like yeah, Mineta. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, from um, uh, MHA. And then we have Master Roshi and stuff. My personal take is I don't really give a ish. Yeah, some fan service can be really hilarious. Sometimes it's like a little too much and she's like, all right, let's get on with the point. I got it. Boobs, whatever. Yes, move on. But maybe it's just because I came from a different generation of watching anime. We're just older. We're just happy to fucking see anime and just appreciate what the creator has created. Well, that's cool. That's Zara. See the little China cool. doll mask. <laughs> That's cool. Um, but, like, maybe we're just from a different generation where we just appreciate what the creator has created. Because once upon a time, shit was hard to get online. One episode on, like, let's let's talk about a little newer gen when we had internet. One episode would be on YouTube in t 12 different parts. And, like, maybe it would sync properly. Maybe it fucking wouldn't. Uh, maybe you would have to pull your hair out and, like, figure out what's going on if it's in Russian or something. And when it was VHS, it was like, is it going to be blurry? Are we not going to have any subtitles? Are we just going to have to, you know, create the story ourselves? And now this whole new topic of, and, like, fan service at that time was like, oh, okay, cool, boobs. Now it's an actual bigger topic. And now it's, like, fan service versus these pervy people. What do you think about it? I think it's perfectly fine as long as it's not like hentai is hentai, but it is what it is. Yeah, I, I think one thing is as any media becomes more accessible to more people, some of uh, media bleeds into spaces that it's not hitting its target demographic and then people will critique it. And I think critiquing media, especially as it becomes more accessible, both in like um what it is and what it could be is super important but I, I think a lot of times the fan service when it's critiqued it can be from a space of like well this was for a different like demographic but then also sometimes it just gets bullshitted into like too many things for no reason and all the time and so i think the most important thing is to like you know when creating content are, are the elements really fitting in with what you're making or are you adding something for a different reason? And I think the term fan service is weird because it sounds like it's service for people who aren't fans of the show, but fans of titties or pecs yep. or whatever. Yep. And it's not super bad, but I think when it comes to trying to tell a story, it just kind of is like, okay, cool. If it's something that's very like, relevant in, in like where the story is going which you know you can take a very serious story and slip fan service in there and it feel natural um like whether it's part of the the story the environment or even just like a character's personality or character arc but i i think it's done a little bit too much in the sense of too many places where it doesn't need to be because it's kind of almost thought of as a standard in anime um 
you know, uh, and like like you said, like there's hentai. Hentai is hentai. Like if, if that's what you want, you can find it and you can find it like done well and going all the way to whatever taste you have. So it's not like cutting fan service out of anime means you won't get to see anime titties. Like you'll still get to see them. Yeah. yeah. So I, you know what I think it is? I think characters like Madonna and Master Roshi are for the older viewers. Cause how many times do you go back and watch like SpongeBob SquarePants, Rugrats or anything like that? And they slip in a dirty joke and it goes over the kids' heads, but not yours anymore. See, and I definitely understand that for older content where it was a lot of this, like you have to watch with your, your kids and you need something to entertain you as the, the older adult. Um, or, you know, maybe older people needed to get into anime as a demographic market thing. But I feel like now there there's so much content that kind of shows that media can be all age appropriate and still very entertaining. I think a lot of like Western cartoons are really showing this off like, hey, this is all child appropriate, but it can still captivate anyone at any age because of like the narrative given. And so I feel like saying this is in here to try to uh, appease adults who are having to watch because of kids just kind of gives it a bypass of like well maybe the narrative and the pacing for the narrative should be stronger yeah well i mean look what happens to mineta and master roshi every time they make a pervy joke or something they always get a smack in the head they get sm- smacked around by the women it they're they're classic slapstick right i feel like a lot of fan services well Taking, let's say, Master Roshi and Minata on the side, just general fan services, some can be like, okay, let's move on. I need an actual fucking story. But I feel like some could actually be very comedic elements as well, which is like, so I'm going to use Master Roshi for an example. When Balma goes and she like pulls up her skirt, not knowing she doesn't have any underwear on. If you if you guys remember original Dragon Ball, right? Yeah. So she wants a Dragon Ball. I don't know if I would consider that typical fan service because there's not like the original you know boobs flying around everywhere but it's still an entertaining comedic element um i don't know how like of course i agree that sometimes fan service can turn into cheesy um and it's a put off it's not entertaining anymore but sometimes it can show a comedic element if it's done at proper locations and if it flows with the story properly yeah, but lately, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, it's just sometimes you need that comic relief, whether yeah. it's slapstick or something else. And sometimes fan service can be a form of comic relief. And I agree with that. It's just it seems like sometimes they, they throw it in a lot where it wouldn't even be that in the pacing. Well, look look at um, High School of the Dead. Have you guys watched it? Yeah. Yes. OK. The sniper shot where the bullet mm-hmm. flies in between the girl's boobs as they're moving back and forth totally unnecessary still one of the greatest scenes in anime i wouldn't say it wasn't unnecessary well they could have done without it but i think it fits in the sense of it was creating like a parallel of high action high tension of a scene with some fan service but fan service that obviously was done in a way to be comedic also but not chibi over the top comedy so it's just comedy so it still had like, I, I'm, I'm sure it still had sex appeal to people who are, you know, into that kind of stuff. Yeah. Preface, even though I run a hentai podcast, I'm asexual. I'm not, like, attracted to, to all that stuff. But, 
so so Those I think that might awesome. dampen my uh, opinion on the topic as well, but <laughs> yeah, um, and I think giving the high school uh, example, especially of that specific scene, I loved it because it was freaking hilarious. But at the same time, it gave like that weird matrix kind of feel to mm-hmm. it, and it was like, oh shit, it was rememberable, um, and it was put in a good place. But then, like for example, I love Princess Pirate, but it has a fewish not full fan service elements but some and i'm just like it's not really vibing it's and there's a lot of animes like that where they'll add fan service just to add it and not really be very um artistic with it yeah i i literally just came across a tiktok claiming that fairy tale does more fan service than any other anime out there and their reasoning was how often uh, when they're in like a big arc fight or something, how often does Lucy get reduced to wearing nothing but rags and barely covering her boobs? And I'm sitting here like, I don't remember that at all. It's a lot. And also gray, like his whole character part is he's stripping all the time. Yep. I mean, I know, but he's, he's always but, stripping. But that's because he's an ice wizard. He, his clothes are too hot. He's in a sunny area. Oh, no, it, it makes sense. I'm just <laughs> I, saying. It makes, there, I mean, there's, there's a lot of stripping in the show. Lucy's, like, boobs get expanded in one episode. Like, Hold, hold on yep. a sec. Does, does that mean Dragon Ball's fan service, too, when Vegeta blows uh, Goku's gi off and his chest is just out there? Oh, for sure. Like, yeah, absolutely. Like, clothes tearing? Like, Hold look up. at Food Wars. Like, Food Wars yeah. is fan service <laughs> that shows, like, masculine bodies. See, Food too. Wars is, like, my kind. Oh, my God. I, I don't know if you know this. Or- no, no, no. <laughs> Let me tell you this story. I was watching Food Wars, and I've said this before on the podcast, but I know he hasn't heard it, so I think he's going to find it hilarious. I was watching Food Wars, and I was at the gym, and my headphones died, and I didn't realize that my pet headphones died, and I was on that perfect scene of, you know, um, clothes ripping situation going on, and certain noises came on, and I realized my headphones were dead, so I just went in, and volume was high, clicked on play, and it just blasted and started moaning and shit, and everyone around me started staring. I ran out of my fucking gym, because I was like, I fucked up. At least you're running, so you still got the workout in. I so yes, oh, food wars amazing. Absolutely, food porn. Anime does food porn the best way. That's gorgeous. Like I understand some people like mukbang and stuff. That's not my. But food in anime is just ten times better. Gets me hungry uh, every time. I can I can confirm that, and this comes from the generation where there was a cooking show on Cinemax. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like I mean, if you just look at the Ghibli food, just oh god, right? But I mean, they they romanticize everything in such a way that just like you're like, man, I wish I could go mop a wooden deck. This looks beautiful, right? Oh, uh, speaking of mopping a deck, I got a freaking <laughs> wash my deck down. Oh, I thought that was going somewhere very different. Oh. Uh. I wonder what my wife's doing right now. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! No 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 no! Podcast over. Bye. <laughs> no, even um, what's that anime um restaurant in a? See, I hate the fact that I can never remember titles, but it's basically a restaurant that opens up in different dimensions. 
restaurant in a different world, a restaurant in another world. It's restaurant in a different world or another world or it's somewhere like that. Even that is literally an izakai. And I was looking at that anime last night. And now I have a reservation to go to a Japanese izakai in Jersey Fort Lee because my ass needs that food. I need a cold beer and I need to like internally because I can't externally moan. I need to internally moan (laughs) with some good izakai food. Uh, so it's called Isekai Soku Udo or Restaurant to Another World. That's the one. Yep, Restaurant to Another World. So uh, on the topic of food, I just remember there was an anime I watched whole first season, another binge, um, that I would recommend that isn't just One Piece. Um, it's Dorohidoro on Netflix. And it's Dor- a good time. Very well. It's the the guy with the lizard head. Oh okay. yeah, Dodoro. Do 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 do. Well, Dodoro he Dodoro. Not to be confused with Daraha. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it, it's wild. It's uh, it's very much a different world and setting than you're used to, and they do a very good job at pacing the like discovery of the world and what's going on. Um, and I I got my brain back to this because. Uh, it does the typical trope of a character is really obsessed with one type of food. Um, the the lizard guy is really into. Um, oh, it's by Mappa. Okay. What's the food called? Uh, gizo, I believe, right? The little like pork Gyo- dumplings. Yeah. Gyoza. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a great show. There's only one season, but a lot of content to it. I highly recommend it. Nice. I will take care. I will literally watch it because i'm almost done with my i'm on a food anime run right now so um i'll watch this i'm almost done with the izakaya one unfortunately doesn't do too much food it's just like she cooks a lot because she's like a uh she owns a little diner but um you know i'm I'm still i'm still happy with it have you seen toriko no, I don't think I've heard of it. So Toriko, and I, I took out a TikTok video out on it. When Toriko came out, it was actually pretty big. It's done collaborations with One Piece, and I don't remember which one, which others um, it's done collaborations with. But it's it's kind of like if Hunter x Hunter and One Piece and um, Food Wars had a child. Poo, a child born from menage a trois. <laughs> Literally. Um, it, it, it definitely has some Dragon Ball Z aesthetic looks to it, I'd say. Just in some character design. It kind of does. So it's basically like um, the whole world is... So the main um, MC, he is a food hunter. So they go around hunting food, trying different food, whatever they'll like hunt down, they'll eat. And he has his little minion side character guy as well, who does all the cooking and he does the hunting and they have to get strong so they can go into this separate world. I forgot the world's name where basically a raindrop can literally kill you because the raindrops the size of a truck or something. And, um, but the food is meant to be really, really good over there. So they want to go over there and then they're training. 
This anime picked up so much when it first came out, and out of nowhere, they just canceled it. They it died out. Yeah, it looks like it was canceled uh, by the replacement of Dragon Ball Kai. You know, the no, Dragon Ball God. series that was just, what, a remaster? A remaster. It, it was an HD remaster of Dragon Ball Z, which was super disappointing. Yep. Uh, so my old self, I just remembered a really good food anime and it was Oshi O Oshi Inbo. And it ran from 1988 to 1992. It's only available in broken, broken subtitles. Oh no, it, I'm too, I'm too old for broken subtitles. <laughs> I'm too, I'm too damn it was, old. It was like the real start of the food porn in anime. Like it, it yeah. was all about they have I can't even really fast. remember what it's about. I just remember it having really good food. So, Milk, what is the first when okay, so let me let me rephrase this. When or should I say when? What was the first hentai or what was the first introduction to hentai that you had? Like how did you encounter? What was the story and how did you encounter hentai? Because I feel um, like that's always funny. Yeah, I would have to say it was just like, you know, oh, I'm going to Google anime I like. <laughs> um, I I think, like, my, my earliest memories is, like, some stuff of, like, Misty, because I looked up Pokemon, and I was like, this is not the Pokemon I was looking for. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, then I just became, like, more aware of it. And then, like... um. I, I was one of the only people that liked anime in like the like little town I was in. Uh, so a lot of people would also pick on me. They're like, oh, you probably like hentai. I'm like, I really don't. Um, but I knew about it for a long time. And then it wasn't until like someone showed me some hentai later on in life. And I was like, it's kind of incredible how good the illustrations are and dynamic posing. And that just like, was in the back of my mind. And then it wasn't until I read um, Alice in Sexland where I was like, oh, that's so wild that like hentai can have plot and like continue and like tell a story while still actually being hentai all the way through. Like it, it wasn't like little sexy scenes here. It was still erotic content, but with plots. So that was like my little evolution into hentai. Oh, yeah. I got introduced to hentai, and I've said this story before as well. I think I was seven or eight. Um, I walked into the VHS store, and in New York City, uh, we used to have dingy little VHS shops, um, and anime and all of that used to be in one shelf all the way towards the back, unfortunately. And I just randomly started picking up some anime, and turned out I picked up some hentai, and... Uh, again, story was really interesting. I'm, again, seven. Thankfully, my parents weren't at home. Story was really interesting. I was getting into it until Tentacles came out. And I was like, I don't think this is normal. Yeah, yeah. Tentacles not, always get you by surprise. I can tell you the first title that exactly happened to me. Oh. And what's funny is my dad chose it out thinking, oh, this is going to be a really cool like dungeon crawl show. <laughs> Dragon Pink. How? Well, <laughs> uh, yeah, that was, that yeah, was, yeah. The name kind of says it all. 
Uh, well, the problem was uh, when we rented it, the name was in all Japanese, so we had to go off the pictures, and the pictures didn't have any mm. like exposed boobies or yeah, yeah. Sometimes the covers are a little tame. You know? Yeah, so we rented it, and he ended up getting called into work, so I watched it at home, realized it was not anime, and I told my dad we need to take it back. But then I went to bed, and he watched it, and. <laughs> It was gone the next day. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm like, it's weird, though. I went to bed and heard him watching it. I woke up eight hours later, and he heard him watching it still. But, <laughs> oh, you you made something, like, viscerally click in my, my memory, though, of, like, that, that experience of, like, going to the anime section in a store and, like, all the DVDs. And, like, it's great because the employees don't really know anything about it. And then you, yeah, there's those ones that are just covered by a slim, thin, black sheet of plastic. Black sheet, yes. I um, I, I grew up in Oregon, and there was this store called Fred Meyers there. Or not Fred oh, Meyers. Uh, oh. Or no, not Fred Meyers. Um, Sam's Club? No. Sam Goody. That's it. <laughs> Fred Meyers. Also a very Oregon classic. But Sam Goody, I think, is what it was. But essentially... Um, it, it, they were just kind of like a very toned down hot topic, <laughs> I would say. But okay. I, I remember just like seeing like all the anime and then I was like, why, why are all these ones with the black covers and like looking? And I was like, oh, <laughs> um, and they're almost all closed. But I went to one recently and I go there and there's no hentai anymore. Just anime. And they had like some good classics. Like I found Gadgard there. Oh, but yeah. But uh, I even asked an employee, I'm like, do you guys carry hentai anymore? And like, he was like, oh, no, not for a while. <laughs> like, I, I think he was shocked that someone just straight up asked. Uh, hentai. Yeah, hentai is a really hush hush thing, unfortunately. Um, I've made like two or three TikTok videos where I'm joking about tentacles. And it's always been like a very hush hush kind of a thing. I James knows which ones I'm talking about, but like. That just it's, made me think of a question for you. <laughs> but, okay, go ahead. I want to hear the question. So your favorite character of all time is Urza, right? Yes. Don't, How don't freaked do out did Urza you for me. <laughs> How freaked out did you see when you seen Urza's duplicate in Eden Zero launch tentacles for arms? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I was like, n- you know... I instantly thought of that TikTok and goes, well, this didn't age well. (laughs) Not age well. um, But I mean, it wasn't exactly her doppelganger. It was a doppelganger of her doppelganger. Yeah, but we still got to witness that. And I was like, oh, shit. Okay, so we're doing that. We're we're giving tentacles to Urza. Like, that's, that's a thing now. I mean, Eden Zero as a whole is kind of like pushing horny um with less fan service have you noticed that the not as much fan service but more horny which i feel like embeds it better so like if that's the content you want to make that's better because it's not feeling so choppy oh yeah well one thing i really like about hero mishima is i think i can't remember where i read it but i i distinctly remember him saying that eden zero is hugely inspired by kingdom hearts is kingdom hearts horny yeah. What? <laughs> That's true. But if you think about it, think about it, they're flying around to different worlds and they have oh, yeah. problems and the everything. Storyline itself. The story itself is really inspired by Kingdom Hearts. I mean, I can if, see that. Yeah. 
Like that's actually really interesting that you would call Eden Zero horny um, anime because if you actually look at it, they do show certain scenes that kind of push you to be horny, but at the end of the show, they kind of gives you a, a gives you a glimpse of sex trafficking as well, yeah. which is kind of like well, oh they, shit, it's like a e- flip of coin. Eden so Zero, Eden Zero hits hard on some major political issues right now. Very dark subjects, and but they, I like the way that they show those excruciatingly dark subjects in a very light-hearted manner, where you're like oh wait, hold up, this is very dark, but at the same time, oh shit, this is funny and then it's like okay more fan service going on so it's a combination it's a melting pot of a lot of emotions towards the end i feel like of the season yeah but it really melts them together it doesn't add that like harshness of a fan service for no reason but instead they're like hey we're getting like made porn don't complain but that like just smoothly went in but then like you said it's not just like sexist jokes it talks about sex trafficking but it doesn't like show the violence of it. It doesn't show the harshness of it, which I think is good just in the sense that like it's helping that topic uh, come into different spaces. So more people are aware of like, yeah. you know, it, it gets people thinking. I, I like a lot of things Eden Zero is doing. I'm just not ready to trust it as a good anime because there's been some anime I have watched all the way through and it had things that appealed to me, but it wasn't good. And I, I remember, I went to school for animation, and there was a teacher that said, oh, you can't cool. have a good show if you don't have a good story. I was like, well, that's not entirely true, because look at Bleach. Its story is garbage, <laughs> but <laughs> it's good-ish. Like, it has so much creativity and cool concepts, and the fact that the, like, creator does so much, like, AU creating content and even slips that into the anime in the form of, like... Um, loading screens commercial bumper screens and stuff it shows the like good stuff there but the story is like the original mario game just twice oh my god i know so many of my people on tiktok that would just murder you good at me (laughs) bleach is good the story garbage which is a shame because bleach obviously has cool stories in it like character arcs can be good or Like, what's going on with, like, the royal family that you hardly see. There's, like, cool stories in the Bleach universe. The ones they decide to tell is, oh, this girl is helpless, go help her. Oh, this girl is less than helpless, go help her. It's it's interesting, especially. And now, um, I guess we all looked at fan service and hentai in a different light. It's kind of funny to see the new generation being introduced to all those elements and how they perceive it. Well, um, I can't. I haven't seen one good person going. Uh, fan service is okay. Like everybody's sitting here, like anime and fan service is very sexist driven, and they're like, you can't name one time where there's a male uh, being or a male body being um, exploited the way females are. And I was like, have you not seen JoJo's Bizarre Adventure? Yeah, I I think a lot of people feel like that uh, some of the like male exposure is a little bit more tasteful, like Jojo. But I mean, Jojo really does like lay it heavy sometimes, just like really zoom in slow pan. There's an entire there was an entire freaking viral thing going on on TikTok where you'd play the Jojo pose song and everybody was doing different poses. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely weighted towards, like, you know, just um, 
just trading women for their bodies and nothing more for fan service. But it's starting to balance out. And I think seeing the like fan community talk about that, creators will kind of like know. Uh, and I feel like a lot of times even creators have been forced to go into certain directions because of like um, publishing statistics and... Yeah the the company actually publishing their content has told them you need to lean into this direction so we can actually sell copies so you can still be putting the story out that you want to i've heard some stories about that and it's not fun and then you have and then you have the uh the kickback from creators like the creator of my hero academia um i think it's a she she came out and she basically said it with a panel like she made a manga panel specifically for everybody's um uh critiques on it and she basically told everybody i'm gonna do what i want and i'm gonna tell the story i want and you're you are not going to influence my work yeah which again is it's a very good decision on her see here's my other problem as well and i don't know if you guys agree to this generational generationally when we started watching anime we were just watching anime to get the fuck out of this world, the real world. It was our own little fantasy world. Whether you're watching Naruto, whether you're watching Bleach, we were up till like freaking 2, 3 a.m., lights closed, laptops huddled up in a blanket and watching episodes. That was our universe. I feel like now the new gen are actually adding a lot more of their... um what's going on in actual real world like the society and stuff elements into next uh into anime which i don't think they should because anime is more of a fantasy world it's a whole different universe you it's everyone has elements that they like and you might not like everything so i feel like that's a generational gap as well i think Uh, something both generations need to keep in mind is that anime is becoming so prolific that both can exist in in the same space and I think that's where, you know, it comes back to the point I was saying of sometimes things bleed into spaces that isn't for their target demographic. And so, you know, I think the conversations the younger generations are having about anime and to, like, push some towards what what they're hoping to see, I, I think that's important and that that content yeah. should be made. But there also is going to be content that um, is a harsh, like, wave against that, too. But there's going to be so much more and more anime to just continuously be made now that it's not even just Japan making anime like styled stories and everything that, you know, all this types of content can exist at the same time. I'm really glad. I'm going to say it again. I'm really, really glad that we are now getting anime out of Cambodia, Vietnam, Korea, um, like Tessa. all China. Tessa is from Philippines. Um, it's yep, on Netflix. It's really, really good anime. I it's- enjoyed it really bloody and that's why you liked it exactly i love my blood and i love my gore i love my you know craziness um i enjoyed it but i think it's always good the only thing about the mha fan base and i've said this before as well is i don't like the fact that they send death threats and other kind of crazy things like that to creators because if you start controlling what a creator does we are not going to get masterpieces yeah Uh, I'll say it again. I've said it before. The MHA fan base has a very toxic element where if they're not happy about something, they throw a little tissy fit and start being keyboard warriors. I mean, a lot of fandoms do that, though, if you really dive into, like, community spaces. But I I never have been one to be into a community space of a fandom for anything. 
I usually just enjoy things on my own and yeah. not have to run into all that. I swear to God, the Rave Master fan club includes me. And that's it. Uh, I don't think I'm part of any fan club. If I would say I'm like part of something is I like Snorlax and I like Arizona Scarlet and I like Mugen and I like all of the characters that I personally simp for, which is Bon Mito from Get Backers, Mugen from Samurai Champloo, Alucard from um, Helsing. So I like my characters. I'm not really into fan bases like that. I prefer the Alucard from Castlevania. He was really. Funny. You did not. Uh, that's uh, a surprise. I, I would not have expected uh, Castlevania, I, the Netflix series or the game. Okay. I don't know how different so, they are. I've only seen the series up to my, season three. My second game for PlayStation One was Castlevania Symphony of the Night. I played as Alucard all the way through that damn thing, upside down castle, everything else. So when the Netflix series came out starring Alucard and Richter Belmont as a prequel to Symphony of the Night, I was super excited. And Alucard in that show is not only is he hilarious, is but that? he's he, he's funny. He's just they kept the same spirit alive from the video game. So, and they designed the character right off the damn video game. Like it was totally like it was it was awesome for me. And that's the way I prefer him, besides maybe the Helsing abridged alley card. That was hilarious. <laughs> Give me a hug. <laughs> Give me a hug. Yes. Helsing from I mean Alucard from Helsing is hilarious. Again, when we're talking about games, I can't wait for my Donga Rompa. It's coming on my birthday. I can't wait. Have you seen Donga Rompa? I have not. It's I I know of it. I wikied it. It looks like a lot of content. <laughs> Don't know if I can get into all that. It's well. Do you again? Do you like psychological horror? Do you like gore? Yeah, yeah. Those are things that like I think I would like. It it looks like it has some appeal to me. It's just I I'm always scared to get into something new that has a lot of content because I'm like. I'm going to want to dive into it and I don't have the time. Yeah. yeah. I personally, I personally like it. I've, but I've been watching it for, you know, I have mangas of it. I used to play the game. I'm waiting for the new game to come out and I'm full force in. So it is still a lot to take in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hold up one second. One second. I look like a freaking ghost. Let me turn on the light. Okay. Well, you're also, in New York, rolling blackouts. I, I looked up the the creator of My Hero, and not a woman. Oh, yeah, I was going to make the correct. <laughs> okay. Not a woman. I didn't watch not Paul Yeah in the show, but, uh, I got the yeah. Awesome. Also, looking up some of the other stuff they did, I'm kind of interested in this. One looks like a zoo thing, and one looks like an anime thing. <laughs> Pretty uh, short. Zoo ago. thing? Are we talking about MHA's zoo thing? No, it's, uh, oh, oh. Oh my god, Doki Zoo. I don't want to try to pronounce it on the show, but um, yeah, it looks like uh, there's like an anthro bunny, and uh, I think that's like a a, a young adult. And it, just judging from the cover, I'm guessing it's about the two of them, and she works at a zoo. Um, I'm going to dive into this later. Um, it's only 29 chapters of a manga. Oh, this is concerning. It looks like it might have been canceled uh oh. speaking speaking of artists and manga and everything doing works uh how do you feel about um 
so it, it just recently came out that a bunch of like high high known anime artists and manga writers are doing hentai under fake names. Oh wait, are we back on the show? <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. Yes, yes, we are back on the show. Oh wait, um, um ask that question again. So okay, <laughs> sorry. So uh, it came out that um, there's some very high profile manga writers and artists that are doing hentai under pseudonyms like they're doing they're doing them under fake names like right pen names and stuff oh yeah and, and a lot of people are saying like oh this is new and such a shock and like it really isn't and not even just uh, in anime in all media there this is such a big thing and i think uh something that's cool about it kind of exists to every medium but i can really only talk about manga and anime um because that's where i know about it but i imagine even for like book writing and stuff but essentially when you try to create erotic content there is a huge pressure to um execute it in a, a certain level because for the most part, people aren't going to get turned on if it's not good enough. Um, if the illustrations aren't good enough, if the posing isn't good enough, it can be a real disconnect. Someone may want to like go through it, but but there's there's a part of the brain that can't enjoy it full heartedly or full boneredly um, <laughs> if it's just not at a certain level of realism. Now that's of course not true for everything. Like some people really like just like stick figure hentai. Like that's a thing and more power to you. But I that's think a thing? wait, hold hold no no. That's an actual thing? Oh yeah, yeah. Stick figure, I big boobs. Manga artist now. <laughs> uh, it's it's more Western, but yeah. So the thing is, and this is actually why I became so interested in hentai when I was going to school to be an animator, is because doing erotic art pushes your dy dynamic angles, your your posing, your like versatility of things, besides costume design. <laughs> um, so, you know, it, it makes a lot of sense that these artists have done hentai. Um, either to advance their skills or just to make something different that they can't actually publish and could affect their careers. Um, so, yeah, I mean, even look at some writers. If you go look up uh, their name, you might find an AO3 account and find some pretty interesting stuff. I I think the DM for the podcast Dungeons and Daddies has a bunch of, like, fanfic out there that's uh, pretty, pretty heavy. Um yeah, I think he used his actual name though for it. So nice to him. That that's the thing. I would love to see a point where people would be comfortable using their own name to create that content if they want to. I feel like a lot of these manga artists had to do that because it would impact their career. And that's kind of the whole point of Nymphomercial to be like, hey, it's not weird to like anime porn. Oh yeah. Well, um, uh the the big thing about them doing it is to push your skills for um, exactly what you said. Uh, anatomy is huge. And a few of them, I can't remember who exactly off the top of my head. So I don't want to say any names when I'm just, I can't remember them. Um, but I know one of them came out and said that they did it because it improved their um, art styles for their, their mainstream show. And you can see an actual difference in the show because the anatomy is way better and well, more well put together. 
Yeah. A lot of people go, oh, furry artists can just draw it and then they uh, they just make so much money. Well, they make money quick because they're making erotic. Con- and this is not all furry artists, but this is the argument people are making. But if you're making erotic content all the time, your skills are going to go fast because you have to make it real enough to appease in ways. Whether that realism is like real anatomy or real um, in the sense that it's like fulfilling a fantasy, whether it's like a furry's like claws or maws or it's like the viscous of like semen or it's like uh an unrealistic bounce to like a breast and you're trying to go for people who enjoy that like there there's something you have to execute very exact because if you don't do it right it's not going to hit and it's not going to connect with people so it's it's this level of like trying to reach not necessarily perfection but a goal that has a high standard that's not just your other content so so you can just focus on the illustration quality um so yeah it makes a lot of sense also i feel like um hentai is a little bit more top tier when it comes to porn industry because a lot of these manga artists are actually doing hentai as well they actually create a storyline so it really pulls in a person as well story is very important in many ways a lot of people enjoy these storylines and then um you know, so I'll give you an example. This is not really a hentai. Maybe you can consider it a soft hentai. It's a yandere. Um, so it is gay action. However, how I got into this manga, I had no clue it's a yandere. Someone just told me, hey, you might actually like this manga just because it is fucked in the head. It's called, um, is it Killing Stalking or Stalking Killing? The story's re- Killing Stalking. The story's really simple. This one guy, he's, you know, very tiny, petite. Um, he falls in love with another guy who's a little bit more bigger built, and he's been stalking him. He's been stalking this guy for a really long time, and through stalking, he figures out where this guy lives. And then he somehow gets inside the guy's apartment. He just wants to stalk, sniff around, you know, whatever he wants to do. He goes to the basement and he sees a tied up, beaten up girl. Turns out the guy he was stalking is a serial killer. And the killer will literally just, he doesn't really care and he'll just kill you. And as soon as this kid is trying to leave, the killer comes back, the guy comes back and smashes his legs, and basically he's like, now you're my slave. So this kid that was technically bad on its own and was stalking this individual is now trapped, is a victim, but has to do everything, and it's kind of like Stockholm Syndrome as well, and then he basically sees this guy murder multiple and multiple people, so it's it's soft yandere, but it's a crazy interesting story. So that's kind of like I find hentai even interesting where you'll see a lot of sexual elements, but it comes with a dose of interesting uh, storylines as well. Yeah, yeah. that's a My newer dream. thing. I think the coolest thing is that there is a, a full spectrum now between uh, just no sexual content to just only sexual content and like story can be placed anywhere there you can have something that is a story and touches lightly 
on sexual content, or you can have story where sexual content is very ingrained in the story, or you can have sexual content that has an ongoing story in the background or, or even in the foreground, but it never interrupts the sex scenes. Or, you know, I, I actually don't think it's a problem that there is content that is just horny, no plot, because that serves its purpose too. But, yep. you know, we go back 10 years, that wasn't a thing. It was very like here or here. There wasn't this like whole range of in-betweens and i i think it's really awesome that that's coming about now okay so i hate to i hate to leave it off here but we've been going for an hour so let's start wrapping things up um, like <laughs> wait did that joke land that's what the tie knot kink is right i don't know yes I okay. I I thought. Uh, wow, I so, went into the wrong tying knot kink. Okay. Oh yeah, it, it there's nodding and then nodding and then nodding. If only okay. you guys can see James' face. It just made me think of this paddle I seen on eBay or not eBay but Amazon the other day that has a Snorlax carved into it. Yeah, made out of purple felt. Um. So yeah, let's uh let's let's wrap this up. <laughs> On that note, uh Milk, where can the people find you? Oh, you can find me on social media as Milk Myth. And then I also do a podcast that reviews hentai both um, enthusiastically and regrettably almost every Friday uh, with my co-hosts Aurora and Cake. And that is called Nymphomercial. You can find Nymphomercial on any podcast uh, platform or just go to nymphomercial.info. Um, if you're not into horny things, uh, go ahead and check out uh, Stab Comedy Theater at twitch.tv slash stab comedy with uh, unique programming seven nights a week. And on Mondays, that's usually where you'll find me, but I'm always lurking in the background. And if you don't like comedy and you don't like horny and you're I don't know, into art. Well, check out Radio Flom. It's my other podcast. It's hard to spell, so just look up F-L-O-M-M and you'll find it. Each episode is two hours plus. Uh, and we sneak in education, or it might be boring as hell. I don't know, but check them out. I can uh, confirm that all of them are. And uh, yeah, they're they're very, very, very fun. And uh, uh, tell Aurora and Cake I will be coming for them because I want my Nifomercial trifecta. <laughs> I'm collecting yeah, hosts, people. <laughs> absolutely. I think that will be a blast. <laughs> All right. Can we find you, James? Ooh. Oh. Well, yeah. people can find me on Twitter at crit, crit underscore it cruise for my brand new D&D podcast. I have my Twitter set to that right now. You can find me on TikTok at Otaku Sensei MTG. Um, and soon uh, my other podcast creators and on will be back up, but for right now it's down, but make sure to, if you want to hear more of me, uh, go check us out on Critting It, the D&D podcast. Yeah, pretty good, I gotta say. And Alicia, where, where can everybody find you? Well, if you guys want to just hear me yap about anime, uh, you can find me on TikTok, anime underscore addict underscore girl. Um, and I'm also on Instagram where I'm just trying to look like I'm a fancy diva for some reason. Um, usually whenever I'm not bored, I sometimes dress up. And because I put effort in that shit, I take a picture and I post it. And if you want to see that effort, 
brown underscore girl underscore madness. Get it. Relish in that glow. <laughs> anime, anime makeup tutorials coming soon. I'm just kidding. Oh, no, no. I don't do that. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Thank you guys for joining us. Make sure you rate, subscribe, and share this show. Tell your friends all about it. And, uh, Milk, we, we really need a sign out. Sign out. What, what do, you, what can, do you have any suggestions? Uh, dabbing on your otaku Fortnite grave, senpai. <laughs> oh, God, I love it. Love it. <laughs> that'll stick. Right. Yeah, that'll totally stick. All right, guys. Thank you for joining us again. All right. See you next week, everyone. <laughs>